Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Mark chapter 5 this morning. I'm going to, for some reason, I, I don't know, I guess, I guess people may be going through some things or something, but I'm going to kind of stick with my subject last week that I talked about is overcoming setbacks. And that which tries to set you back, don't let it set you back. Amen? Every one of us have had them. They've gone on. I talked about my old bull riding days last week. And, and uh, you know, let me say something about that that, I, that became a revelation to me a few years ago. And just thinking about, thinking about those nights and those feelings and everything. And thinking about what the friend, my friend of mine said to me in that one situation which got me, got me the victory. But, you know, I was prepared for victory, but I lost. You ever, hear, you ever have that happen before? I mean, all the experience that I had in that particular sport had prepared me for that moment, but I missed it because of just trying to survive it. Instead of allowing the competitive edge of what I was doing to dominate me, I, for lack of a better term, let me just tell you, I got, I got scared. And fear changed my mindset. Now, that happens many times in the struggle of life. Is when fear steps in, all of a sudden, everything changes when it shouldn't. Now, let me say that again. It shouldn't. The fear should be dealt with. Uh, faith should rise up. But the fear should be addressed and let, instead of letting fear just come over and step into the driver's seat and take the whole thing over. I mean, many times that's what happens to people. You, get a, you go to a doctor, he gives you a report, and fear just hits you. And next thing you know, you start changing your whole life because of what that fear is producing. You, you don't have to do that. Amen. I say, you don't have to do that. You have a healing Jesus. And if, he, if you have to go through the, through, through the path of medical treatment, He'll be there with you all the way. He'll bless you all the way. And He'll make sure you recover supernaturally in everything that you do. Amen? Amen. So you, you can't let that happen. Financially, the same thing. You get a financial setback. Lee and I had a couple of the past couple of years, we had some major financial setbacks personally in our lives. And we were just, you know, and we just made a decision. We're not going to quit tithing. We're not going to quit giving. We're going to stay generous. We're going to keep blessing people. And you know, God turned all that around for us. I mean, literally turned it around for us. But we didn't let fear of what we had to do and all of that just totally change the way we operate and how we do things. You can't do that. Now, this story, I've taught this uh, coming from the angle of faith many times. But actually, there's a true lesson of how to overcome a setback here in the story of Jairus and then the woman with the issue of blood that's in the middle of that. And I think if we could draw off of the revelation of the Scripture, it'll help you see that if you are in a situation right now in which you really believe in God and you feel like there may have been a setback, it may not be what you think it is. Amen. I said it may not be what you think it is. It may be God positioning you for even a greater miracle than you thought in the first place. Now let's pick up, let's pick up this story here in Mark chapter 5. Verse 21, it says, When Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh after one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. 
I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed and she shall live. Now, first of all, this shows us how to make an approach to the Word of God. Jesus is the Word, was the Word, forever will be the Word of God. Jairus comes in the right way. He doesn't come accusing him. He doesn't come mad. He doesn't come offended. He actually comes in great faith because he says, Jesus, you come, you lay your hands upon her, she'll be healed and she shall live. Amen? So you've got to come in the right way. A lot of people, they try to make an approach to God to, to receive something from Him, whether it be a great miracle or just something. They, they, they just kind of come in the wrong way. And listen, you've got to come humbly, you've got to come by faith, and you've got to come expecting that what your faith is saying is going to happen. Amen. Now notice this. I, I, I like this part. This is really cool. It says, uh, and Jesus, verse uh, 24, and Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. Now, look at the picture there. Jesus arrives on that coast. He gets up. Uh, there's all kinds of people around him. And so Jairus kind of waves to the crowd. He's a man that's got some authority. So I'm sure he kind of pushes his way through the crowd. He comes up to Jesus. He humbly falls down. He says, Jesus, my daughter's lying at the point of death. But if you'll come, lay your hands on her. She will be healed and she'll live. So Jesus is kind of like this. Let's go. Amen. He starts moving. Everybody say he starts moving. He's kind of like, let's go. Let me read that scripture again. Jesus went with him and much people followed and thronged. Then all of a sudden... It's like, it's like the Holy Ghost through the writer Mark just stops that story, just stops it right there. Just stops it. And we have this. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood, 12 years. Wait a second. What, what are we talking about a certain woman for? I thought we were talking about Jairus. Amen. So all of a sudden, now listen, all of a sudden in Jairus' life, there comes a sudden interruption of the movement of God. I mean, sudden. I mean, everything's great. I got to Jesus. I got through the crowd. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Jesus said, come on, let's go to your house. We're going. Then all of a sudden, Jesus stops. He just stops. Now, why'd you stop? Why'd you quit moving? What's going on? Now, notice this. A certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and suffered many things of many physicians had spent all that she had, was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind him and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. So here's Jairus, here's Jesus. They're going, they have no knowledge of this woman. They, they don't have any idea that she's there. But she's a woman that has made a decision. I am going to initiate something in God. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Twelve years of bleeding out. Twelve years of doctors treating me. Not getting any better. I've spent all my money and I ain't any better. I'm getting worse. Then she hears of Jesus. What did she hear? Well, if you go back to chapter 3, she, she heard that people were touching him and getting healed. Now, now, whatever she thought about that, I don't know, but it motivated her to act on what she heard. That's faith. I said, that's faith. So she acted on what she heard. And no matter how desperate that act may look in your eyes, many times that's what faith looks like is a desperate act. Amen? 
And all of a sudden, in her desperation, I tell you, she didn't elbow her way through the crowd. She probably got knocked down and knocked to the side. And all of a sudden, she reached up and she grabbed the hem of that garment. And the virtue of Almighty God flowed through her body. And that flow of blood stopped. And the Bible says she felt in her body she was healed of the plague. Amen. So we know that first she heard, then she said, then she did, then she felt. Let me say that again. First she heard, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Then she said, you'll have whatsoever you say. Then she did, faith without works is dead. Then she felt. See, we, we want to feel first. No, God says that's not the order. Get it in the right order. Hear, say, act, and I guarantee you, you're going to feel it. Amen. 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 Now notice, notice. Jairus is still just standing there. Straight away the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body she was healed of that plague. Jesus immediately knowing in himself, virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, Who touched me? And the disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith... Now notice this. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now, this would have been an excellent opportunity for Jesus to bring attention to his power. Amen? Oh, my power touched you, darling. My power hit you, daughter. I'm telling you, I got, I got the power. God. Notice he didn't give any, any attention. He didn't call any attention to his power. What did he call attention to? He called attention to faith. He called attention to faith. You say, why? Because faith is the human expression of the Word of God coming into the human spirit. Now let me say that again. Faith is the human expression of the Word of God coming into the human spirit. Amen? I mean, you can understand. You can have all the faith you want. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You dig into the Word, you can have all the faith you want. But I can't tell you, when you get faith and power close to one another and get them to touch one another, you're going to have an explosion of the ability of God. That's why God wants you acting on the faith you believe you receive. Amen? But now here's Jairus. He's standing there in the middle of all this. He's not moving. And now notice verse 35. It says, While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said... Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? Now here's your setback. Here's your setback right here. I don't care what you're going through. When it has to do with your children, that's, that's, that's the most serious issue. I mean, what would you do to get your child healed? To get your, you'd do anything. I said you'd do anything. The love of a parent toward its child. Then all of a sudden, here they come with this report. And you know what this report is designed to do? Just like every setback the enemy tries to bring into your life, that setback is designed to get you not to just give up on what you're believing God for. It's, it's designed to get you to give up on God. To just give up on God. Say, well, you know, I mean, I went there and they talked about faith and receiving from God and, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I tried it a little bit and it, and it didn't work for me. So I, I don't know if I think stuff is God. Listen, you can't be like that. You've got to understand and realize this stuff works. 
I said, this stuff works. And you may be all confused on how it works, when it works, why it works, but if you'll stay with it and allow the Word of God to get into your, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what kind of setback you have, I guarantee you God is faithful and He desires to bring the provision that you need into your life. You've got to weather those setbacks. Right there, Jairus could have said, That's, you know, I should have done something about that woman a long time ago. I should have done something about that situation when she walked on that street. See, she had no legal right to be on that street. She was a Jewish woman. That issue of blood was considered a curse. She was to cover her head. And any time another Jewish person got near her, she was to holler, away, away, unclean, unclean. But I tell you, when faith takes hold of you, there are barriers you will cross. And she crossed those barriers and she touched the hem of his garment. And Jairus could have said, hey, you know, Jesus, you know, well, it was, it was, it was, it was fun trying, but we obviously failed at this. Now, let me just help you. Just, I'm going to get out in front of my little, myself a little bit, then I'll, then I'll pull back in because you'll see why. Literally what this report is saying is this. Time's up. You've run out of time. And many times that's what the enemy tries to get us into is a situation or a circumstance where we are believing God and trusting God and the time element sets a boundary in which if we don't have it by this time, then God can't do it. Let me tell you, that's a lie from hell. I don't care how far past what the natural clock says God doesn't run by natural clocks. He doesn't run by natural calendars. He does not have a, a set time. Say, well, you know, you've passed a time in which I can do anything about that. Amen. I love, I love, I've mentioned this many times. I've got a friend who's, a, who's an evangelist and, and he preaches a message called two words that God doesn't say. Uh-oh. God never says, uh-oh. He never says that. He never looks at your situation. Oh my goodness, Jesus. There's a, uh, we never considered that they would get into that situation. For with God, nothing is impossible. You've got to begin to consider the greatness of your God, the ability of your God, the power of your God, and if He needs to, He can do what He did for Joshua. He can stop the sun in the sky. He can turn back the dial of the clock. Who did that? For Hezekiah? I think it was. Turn back the clock, 15 degrees. Your God can do anything. But here comes this report. Now listen, listen. Here's the report. Here it is again. Man, this is tough. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, these are the important people, these are the people that know what's going on, and they said, your daughter's dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? Why go to Island Church anymore? Why walk in faith anymore? Why read your Bible anymore? Why pray anymore? The God that you serve can't do anything about this situation. That's exactly what he's saying. Now listen to the next. I love the next verse. As soon as Jesus heard the words that were spoken. See, you've got to stay close enough to Jesus. That's, that's uh, people's problem is once the report comes, they take a step or two away from Jesus and now he's not within earshot of the negative reports. But as long as you're walking with him and talking with him and fellowshipping with him and communicating with him, he hears every report you hear. So obviously, Jairus didn't call the show off. 
He didn't walk away. He didn't get upset. He didn't get mad. He didn't quit. He stayed right there next to Jesus, close enough for Jesus to hear what was just said. Now listen to it again. I, I love what he says here. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Now hold on. Listen to this in the Amplified. Let me find it here. Verse 35 in the Amplified. You got your shouting shirt on today. You're running shoes on today. Now this, this is Jesus, right? Lord Jesus, man, the guy we were singing about a few minutes ago. This is how he... This is how he responds to the most negative report Jairus could have gotten. This is how he responds. Overhearing but ignoring. No, you, you missed it. Let me say it again. Overhearing but ignoring. That means the same Jesus that was here on this street, who is your Lord, who is your Savior, who lives in your heart by faith, he has heard the report that has come to try to set you back, to try to get you to quit, to try to get you to back off. He has overheard it, and he ignores it. Amen. Now, but what does he say? Okay, he overheard it, he ignored it. Overhearing but ignoring what they said, Jesus said. Listen, you've got to hang around for Jesus to counter the report. Don't leave the situation. Don't leave the circumstance. Don't quit coming to church. Don't quit coming to prayer. Don't quit reading your Bible. Don't quit reading your chapter. Don't quit fasting your meal. Don't quit doing that now. Stay close to Jesus so he can say. Because what he says is fixing to get you your miracle. No matter what the setback is, no matter what has happened, no matter what takes place, he is fixing to get you your miracle if you won't quit or back off. Overhearing but ignoring what they said, Jesus said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear, only keep on believing. Now, here's the question. All right, the situation has changed. I left the house, she's still alive. Amen? I left the house. She's still alive. So I have a level of faith that does not have the element of death in it. So I came to Jesus and I declared all the faith I had in my heart. You come lay your hands on him, she'll be healed. So this woman stopped our progress to the house. So instead of getting mad at the woman because she got a miracle, I'm just going to stay next to Jesus. Jesus overheard and ignored the bad report, the setback that came. And then Jesus spoke and said, just keep on believing. So my question to you, Jesus, is believe in what? Well, believing what got you to Jesus in the first place. Listen, if you've started a journey of faith, don't let the devil talk you out of the faith that you have. You have to understand it's the faith that you have that got you to Jesus. He knows that. He is the author and the... He is the author and the... He is the author and the finisher of your faith. That means what he has authored, he got you on a journey so that he can finish it. I like one translation says, He is the one who empowered you to believe in the first place. What makes you think he will not bring into existence that which he has empowered you to believe? Woo, man. 
You believe like you believe because He empowered you. I said you believe like you believe because He empowered you to believe that way. Now notice this. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, He said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And He suffered no man to follow Him, save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And He cometh to the house, the ruler of the synagogue, seeth the turmoil, and then that weep and wail greatly. And when, he was coming to the, and when He's coming in, He said unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. Now, you've got to get this picture. Because, listen, if you've not been there, you'll get there one day. Here's Jesus and Jairus. Now, he, he, he departs from the crowd and he brings three of his disciples with him. Listen, what Jesus desires to do, you start out in the crowd believing God. You hear the word. Faith comes. You start a fight of faith, a journey of faith. But there comes a time, especially if you've had a setback or two, in which Jesus wants to give you personal attention. I could have, should have got a better amen than that. Those are the precious times of fellowship that you have with Him in your life. Jesus said, look, we don't need a crowd for this. Jairus, you and your wife come. I've got three of my disciples. We're going to come. They come into the house and they got all these. Back in those days, they would hire professional mourners. They had already showed up. That's the way, because they want payment. Amen. So they're weeping, they're crying. And Jesus walks in, and now this is, this is what happens. Jesus says this. He says, why are you crying? She's not dead, she's only sleeping. And they begin to laugh him to scorn. They begin to mock him. Now listen to me. Your pathway out of a setback many times sounds very abstract compared to this world system. You've got to be prepared for the abstract. You've got to be prepared for that which God does that goes totally against the grain of what the world thinks. I mean, it, it, you, may, you may have to you say, well, I don't know if my, my, my relatives might not like that. They might not like it. So I got some neighbors. that they, 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 If I said that, they, they'd think I was crazy. They may think you're crazy. So I work with some people. They don't understand these things. If I was to say those things, or, or I, they'd think I was out of my mind. Well, listen, here's the thing. What do you want? You want to keep your pride? Or you want a miracle? Because that's all that is. It's pride that guards that. Uh, Leah was involved with a, uh, a lady here in the church years and years ago. Baby was born. And, and literally, uh, this, a death sentence would have almost been better. Because they said the child's going to be blind, deaf, mentally retarded. Uh, just about every negative thing you could think about a child, this is what they said about it. And uh, they just decided to believe God for a miracle. And uh, it didn't look like anything was happening. They got, uh, what is it, little uh, CD players. They started playing uh, uh, music. They started uh, speaking the word. They got Brother Hagin's uh, healing scriptures going on and on and on and on and on and over and over. And one day, they came into that hospital. And the doctors got them aside because they'd come in like this. Glory to God. This is the day the Lord has made. Bless God. We've got a miracle. I mean, they'd just come in full of joy and full of peace and full of confidence that God was doing something. And the doctors called them aside and said, listen, you ladies, you have a problem. You don't understand how serious this is. 
You do not understand how serious this situation is because this child is going to be a burden on this family its entire life. There is no way. It's, I believe they even say it's going to be able to walk, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's not even going to be able to walk. Today, that, that's a, today, he's a young man with his education, strong, growed up. They got a miracle. But those doctors were like, you, you got to understand, you people are out of your mind. Playing those tapes, playing that music. No, no, no. When you start contending for a miracle, there's a lot the world's going to say, you're out of your mind. Just like in Jairus' day. They were saying, what are you doing? What do you mean she's only asleep? Are you out of your mind? She's dead. There's no breath in her. There's no beat of her heart. But listen, it does not matter what dies in your life. This could be, this could be not a daughter, but a dream. A business. A financial idea. This could be anything that you've got in your heart that the enemy continues fights against to try to get you away from it because he knows that if you get what you're believing God for, God will be glorified and a bunch of people are going to end up getting saved. So he'll fight you. So death was telling them what? Death was telling them time is up. Now listen, don't go... Listen, if Uncle Bob died three years ago and you get expired by this man, don't go dig him up and bring him up here. Leave him alone. He's in heaven. We're not going to raise him from the dead. Amen. We don't want Uncle Bob back. He's, he's fine where he is. Amen. But the principle that's there of something dying in your life because you think time has run out. That's literally the whole strength of a setback is because faith puts you on a path of believing and when it looks like you've stepped back or had a setback in that, in between the gap of where you are and where you, where you were and where you are, that's where the enemy gets in. That's why you're having such a fight in your mind. But as long as you're still hanging with Jesus, as long as he's still, let him call the shots, let him give the instructions, wait on the Lord, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, keep moving forward, don't change your lifestyle, just keep doing what you're supposed to do. Now, now, years ago teaching on this, I was meditating on this one day and I started thinking about sports, how sports are played. Uh, we've got all these timed sports. You know, we've got uh, football uh, when the clock ran out. Uh, we were watching the Rockets the other night. You know, everybody was hoping they'd win. And, and, uh, but man, when the clock ran out, I mean, you could have called in and said, hey, this is such a great game. Let them play another five minutes. They're not going to do it. The buzzer went off. The clock ran out. I mean, you know, boxing's like that. Football's like that. Everything's played on the clock. But, you know, baseball's a different game. They really don't care about no clock in baseball. They just start the game. Let's just start the game. Let's just start the game. Well, how long are we going to play? We're going to play nine innings. Well, how long does that take? We don't know. Well, aren't you going to set a clock? No, no, we're not going to set a clock. We're just going to play till it's over. You've got to get that in your heart. We're going to do this till it's over, and I win. And I win. Everybody say, I win. win. So, you know, the enemy, he he doesn't play fair. And you're, you're you're the one batting, you know, you're the one in the batter's box. He's the one throwing every kind of nasty spitball, nasty, you know, he's, he's rubbing grease on the ball. He's doing everything he can do. And here's the thing. He thinks there's a preordained set of rules that govern you. Amen. 
So he throws one by you, boom, you have a setback, strike one. He throws another one by you, boom, another setback, strike two. He throws another one by you, another setback, strike three. So he starts jumping up and down on the mound. You're out, you're out, you're out, you're out. But he doesn't call the shots in the game. Who calls the shots? It's the umpire. Did you know that's what Job called him? Job said, I wish there was an umpire, a daysman, one that could put his hand on God and put his hand on me. Well, I'm telling you, one come, whose name was Jesus. And he is the umpire of the universe. So get your eyes off the pitcher and turn to the umpire. What do you say? You know what he's going to say? He's going to say, take another swipe at it. He's going to say, take another shot at it. Keep on swinging till you drive what the devil is throwing at you right back down his throat. If you got to stand in there and swing all day, all week, all month, or all year, you just stay in there and you keep swinging and you keep swinging because eventually your faith is going to connect and you're going to get your miracle. Mm, That encourages me. Glory to God. Let's wind this up. Praise the Lord. I know it's Mother's Day. People have dinners, all kinds of good things. Praise the Lord. When he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make you this ado and weep? The damsel said, The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. They laughed in the score. Now here's, here's another key. But when he had put them all out. Don't, don't get in arguments with your relatives, your neighbors, your friends, when you're walking in faith. Don't, don't allow the enemy to use people to engage you in an argument over your faith. Just look at me and I say, hey, I'm believing God. I don't want to fight with you. I'm believing God. This is how I believe God. I don't want to fight with you. I'm, I need a miracle in my life. This I, let, let the Word put them out. Amen. When He put them all out. Now notice, He taketh the father and the mother of the damsel. Boy, you talk about a great mother's day. And them that were with Him. And He entered there when the damsel was lying. And He took her by the hand. And He said unto her, Talip thy kumni, which being interpreted as damsel... I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Now, literally, this, literally, he raised this girl from the dead. She'd been dead. The mourners had already been called in. Enough time had elapsed in between the time that Jairus left the house to find Jesus and for Jesus to get back to the house with uh, Jairus in that the, the, the girl had died and the, the mourners had been called in. So that was probably several hours. And Jesus goes in and raises, he raises from the dead. He's got the power of life and death. He's got the gifts of the Spirit working in him. Boom, he raises her up. And the Bible says they were astonished with a great astonishment. Now let me close with this. In your life personally, in our church, the witness that we produce does not be, it does not be, need to be some great doctrine that we guard. Oh, we've got all the information. Oh, we've got all the revelation. Oh, we've, I tell you, when it comes, these other churches, they don't know nothing. We know it all. We know it all. Let's not go get you anything. We thank God for the doctrine that we have. We thank God for the doctrines that we embrace that work for us. But what needs to happen is that in our lives personally and in our church corporately, we need such astounding miracles 
to manifest and happen that it just busts the door of utterance open for us to speak the gospel to the community. Now let me say that again. That's why it's important for you to receive your miracle. Well, Pastor Russ, you know, I've been at this for, you know, for three years and believe in God, I'm just so weary and, 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 and I just, you know, I just, I, I'm just, I don't, I think I can just live with it. No, you can't. Amen. Let me encourage you. No, you can't live with it. You say, why? Because Jesus died for you to be free from it. Amen. And he rose from the dead and seats at the right hand of the Father so you can have your deliverance. Amen. Don't fall back into that apathetic place, that complacent place. Doesn't matter what you're going through, no matter how big and wide the setback is today. You make a decision. I'm not going to get weary in well-doing. In due season, I'm going to reap. I'm not going to give up or faint. My due season is coming. It's coming down the road. I tell you, I'm going to stay in here. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. I'm going to believe God. I ain't going to quit coming to church. I'm not going to quit tithing and offering. I'm not going to quit reading my Bible. I'm not going to quit praying. I'm going to stay in there. I'm going to increase it. I'm going to get nine to God. He's going to draw nine to me. I'm going to get my miracle, and everyone around me is going to be astonished with a great astonishment when they see what God does. You talk about your neighbor saying, now where do you go to church? Your loved one saying, you know, I believe I'll go with you next Easter. That will open, that will bust the door. He said, now come on, how can you say that? The Apostle Paul, if you study Acts chapter 19, he went to Ephesus, he found 12 people who had only been baptized with John's baptism. After that, he explained the Word of God more perfectly. They were born again and filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues. After that, the Bible says, from Ephesus, special miracles were wrought by the hands of Paul, even so that at one point they took napkins or handkerchiefs off of his body, took them out to the demon-possessed and sick, and they were healed. That's where we get our doctrine for laying hands on cloth. Now, he in, in Ephesians, when he writes them a letter, now he didn't write this to Philippi, which was a great church that supported him. He didn't write this to Corinth, but he wrote this to Ephesus where there were special miracles. This is what he wrote. Pray that God would give me all boldness, that I would be able to speak his word. Amen? What was he telling them? He was praying for the door of utterance to open like it did in Ephesus because in Ephesus they preached the gospel into all Asia. Amen? Now listen, I'm a, I love local churches. I've worked in local churches my whole life. But this ain't no local church. I said, this ain't no local church. This is a regional and an international church. And we need doors of utterance to blow open for us outstanding signs, wonders, and miracles in your life, in your situation, in your circumstance, so that every testimony of God is Man, I tell you, God came through. Look what God, look what the Lord has done. Look what God has done. Look how God is manifested. Look how God, see, that's why the enemy tries to set you back. That's why the enemy tries to keep you from pressing into that miracle. And I tell you, in my spirit right now, I know by the word of the Lord under this church that many of you right now are on the precipice of like one more step into the manifestation of that which you've been believing God for. That's why the pressure has been on you. That's why the enemy has fought you. That's why all of that has come against your mind. But you are here today. You're strong in the Lord and the power of His might. The setback is not going to set you back. And in six months you wait. I'm going to get up here and say, See! Look how God has broke through upon your life. 
Somebody ought to shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In God good. In the Lord good. Now listen. Setbacks are not a sign that your faith is not working. It is a sign that you are working your faith. Now, if you're not serving God, you're just kind of hanging around. You're just getting your brains beat out by the devil. Well, no wonder. You're a child of God. He sees you out there. No fellowship in church. You don't read your Bible. No wonder. He's just coming to beat on you anyway. Because he don't like you. But you're a person of faith, believing God, standing for your miracle, standing for that breakthrough in your life. Your setback is a sign that it's working. This thing's working. Amen. I've always said like this. I like to talk to the devil sometimes. You've got to learn how to talk to him. I say, Mr. Devil, what's got you so stirred up? <laughs> you messing with my dog, messing with my finances, messing with things at the church. What what's got you so stirred up? What have we done by faith Amen. that has you so stirred up that you think you've got to bring all this garbage and junk and setbacks and all that? What, what I just begin to rejoice and thank you, Father. Oh, we're living by faith. Oh, we're living by faith in the Word of God. Just like the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. Thank God we're living by faith. We're living by faith. Living by faith. The Bible says persecution and affliction will arise for the Word's sake. Where we're not going to be stony ground people. We're going to rise up against what rises up against us. And we're going to live as the overcomers that God has called us to be. Hallelujah. Fathers, we leave today. Thank you so much for your powerful presence in this service today. Your presence is so awesome. Your power is unmeasurable. Your love, Lord, what can we say about your love? There's no way to measure it, no way to define it, other than just to experience it. And we have experienced it today. Lord, as we leave, we thank you for the protection and safety you afford our church. We declare over the entire congregation, no evil befalls us, no plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We thank you, Father, whether we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, or wherever we find righteous labor, medicine, oil, offshore, construction, education, doesn't matter. We're not subject to the evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Thank you for the door of utterance, Lord. Help us to be powerful ministers of reconciliation. Let the zeal of God burn in our hearts. The fire of God motivate our actions. Lord, as we leave today, we walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much, Lord. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.